if you're putting money aside for taxes, if you're putting money into a savings account, if you're taking it off owner's draw that you could pay your bills, why not take a little extra to do something for yourself and keep being able to grow the business? You're listening to Wild Creative, a podcast designed to inspire new ways of thinking, evoke wild ways of being, and excavate enriched understandings about our purpose, creativity, and wellness. I'm your host, Emma Kvetna, maker and mystic, teacher and writing coach, entrepreneur and Sagittarius. I am joining you today from the traditional territories of the Mi'kmaq people in Nova Scotia, Canada. Without further ado, let's explore the wild creative. Hello and welcome to Wild Creative. Raise your hand if you are scared of your finances or scared of money management or doing taxes or earning enough income or anything related to budgeting and paying off debt. I don't know about you, but that's definitely me. And maybe scared isn't the right word exactly. It's more so that I just never understood finances enough growing up to feel prepared when I was older because I was not prepared for anything related to that. And it really has shown over my life. And it's been a real struggle to understand money and how it works, not in terms of like how you use it. Like I know you money, you use money to pay things, obviously get that, but more so what to do with it when you do have it. And like, what are the responsible things that you should be doing so that you don't get fucked over later? None of that was really taught to me growing up, not very much in life and certainly not in school. Nothing about how to do your taxes, especially if you're self-employed like I am. Nothing about how to budget or what that even really means. Nothing about doing your own bookkeeping. That was all stuff I had to learn later and figure out. And I was in denial about it for a really long time too. I only feel like within the past year or so maybe that I'm finally facing those insecurities and responsibilities around money. In fact, my New Year's resolution theme of this year is finance and money, not only to make more money, but to be on top of spending and budgeting and paying off debt and such and like actually tracking all my uh, income and expenses. Well, I already did track my income before, but I wasn't so much on top of my expenses. So now I have a whole spreadsheet for all of that. And I know I'm not alone in this. I, I know I'm not the only one who grew up in the dark about money and how to treat it. And I know that we also have this weird thing in our society where we're scared to talk about money or we think it's rude or something. That's the impression I always got growing up at least, that it was taboo and rude and it's inconsiderate to discuss anything money related with anyone. So a lot of what I'm dealing with also relates to money mindset and how to reconfigure my relationship to money because I've never really done that before. I just kind of went with whatever I was told, which was that it was taboo. So all of that to say, I was very excited to talk to my guest today about bookkeeping and finances and money mindset, especially for someone like me who, as I said, is self-employed and has their own business. So yeah, let's get into it. My guest today is Taylor Bitsoli. Taylor is the founder and head bookkeeper at Bookkeeping Brunette. She has a bachelor's degree in corporate finance and accounting and has been working as an accountant in the startup space for the last six years. She also ran her own small business pre-pandemic, so she knows the struggle of trying to run a business while also keeping up with monthly bookkeeping. 
She is not your traditional accountant. She understands the online business space and knows how to communicate on a human level. She believes business owners should embrace their financials, whether good or bad, and focuses on finding creative solutions to help educate business owners on the importance of knowing their numbers. Taylor is crazy about numbers, staying organized, and getting those books to balance. She loves watching Bravo and hates business casual. If she's not working, she's hanging out with her dog Nash, traveling, or taking a Pilates class. Taylor joined me via Zoom from her home in Boston. Hello, Taylor. Starting over. Hello, Taylor. Welcome to Wild Creative. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) It's so funny. We both had false starts (laughs) just now. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm happy you're here too. This is my first time having a bookkeeper on the podcast. So this will be interesting and fun. Um, (laughs) I I always like to start off by asking people how they got to where they are today in terms of like, like why, how and why did you start a bookkeeping business? So I have worked in corporate accounting for the last six years. I have a degree in corporate finance and accounting, and I kind of always knew that I wanted to go into entrepreneurship. I just didn't know what I wanted that to be or what that would look like. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had started a small business in 2018 that was a subscription box and kind of worked with handmade businesses. And then I kind of realized there's like a gap in the financial knowledge for those smaller businesses. And that business ended up failing due to the pandemic and not failing, but like we shut down because we couldn't really do what we were doing because it was based on traveling and going to new locations. And you couldn't really do that without being able to travel. So I was kind of looking for a way to connect with more female entrepreneurs and just not really loving my corporate nine to five. And I came across bookkeeping and I was like, oh, this could be a great fit for me. I have the accounting background and I also have like the small business background from my old business. And I was like, I feel like I could really make an impact for small business owners and speak to them in a way that they can understand it. Because I know so many small business owners don't understand accounting concepts. And I feel like there's some bookkeepers out there that do a good job with it. But then there's a lot that are your traditional old school bookkeepers that are kind of like, I don't get your business. I don't get what you're doing and can't really provide the support that small businesses, especially creative ones need, because I feel like they have a different way of doing things. And a lot of bookkeepers don't necessarily get that. So that's kind of how I got into bookkeeping. And I really do love getting to work with women entrepreneurs and getting to work with different types of businesses through creative spaces, which is really awesome. Yeah. And it is a, a bit of a niche market in terms of bookkeeping. Um, but, you know, artists yeah. and creatives need to bookkeep too. Like they, it's still a business, right? So what kinds of um, businesses and creatives do you work with then? Like how, what, and what is it about them that makes them unique or different than traditional quote businesses? So I work with a wide range of businesses. I have a few like handmade or I guess they're not handmade, but candle business. I have a few boutique type stores. I have photographers. I have clients that are doing like SEO, like marketing type work. I have an interior designer and I feel like they all are kind of in like the more creative space, but I also feel like there are people that like really want their businesses to do well and to grow. And it's so awesome to 
work with them and see like how their different creative avenues got them to starting their own business. And I feel like a lot of their stories are similar to mine where they worked in these corporate backgrounds and either wanted to do something more creative or worked in like some sort of industry that they thought I could do this better myself and went off and did their own businesses. And it's really, truly amazing how well they are doing. And some of them are really small and in like their first year or two in business. And it's wild to see the growth there is in this space and to work with them and help them scale their businesses. So I think that's the most rewarding part. And it's also so, it's so great to be able to make an impact for someone's business where I feel like in traditional corporate jobs, you don't get to do that. And it's also awesome for me to get to see how people think that like don't have a finance background. And I feel like it teaches me a lot. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So and last time we talked, speaking of like fitting outside the box type of thing, last time we talked when we first met, you mentioned that you find a, a bit of a struggle to find creative ways to market your business because of the standards of the industry. So how are you, how are you doing with that now these days? How do you deal with that? So I definitely have found out that people love like tips about bookkeeping. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people like, I think Google confuses people, but people are trying to get information from somewhere. And I think there's a lot online that's like not necessarily accurate. So I have really put a lot of education into my marketing of like teaching people small tips through like reels or even through Instagram posts or even like posting to my stories and just like Mm -hmm. walking them through like, things that like I found for my other clients and why like this might be wrong and they should be doing it that way. Or like, these are some of the expenses that I often see people miss, or these are some of the mistakes I often see people make, like stop making these mistakes now. And just trying to find ways to like educate people on what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong and how they can do better and what resources they should use to find this information because I think just Google searching things doesn't always get you what you need. And if you are someone that's going to DIY your bookkeeping, I think it's important to have someone in your back pocket that you can always reach out and ask questions to, because I think a lot of times Google's not giving you the answer, particularly for your business. It's giving you a general answer and you could get Mm -hmm. yourself in trouble by using that. So I'd like to give them resources to look at, to get that information and not just Google things. (laughs) Yeah. Good idea. And it's so true. That's there is a lot of information out there in Google, but as you said, it's not very specific. A lot of the time it's, it can be very general. So Have you ever considered like making a a course or something where you've collected all these DIY tips and tricks and things or? I've been going back and forth on it. I've started and I've started a program for DIY clients and I'm working out the details. I have a couple people in beta right now and I'm trying to figure out what like I can provide to them, how it will work, because Mm -hmm. it's a very fine line of like, I just want to do their bookkeeping and get them away from the DIY and trying to figure out ways to get people to start bookkeeping earlier in their business. Because I think that's one of the issues that I think people are like, oh, I'll take a course and then I'll do the bookkeeping. And I think a lot of the times they still don't understand it or like the course isn't having someone actually physically sit there and teach you it. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times like, It's concepts that you have to work out through your head and use different examples on. So that's why I'm trying to build something that like gives them a little more of that support if it's so that they have a resource to go to and ask questions to and they're not just getting like a generalized answer that you can find on Google. And especially I know you're Canadian based, but I know a lot of if US businesses are listening, you guys probably have sales tax as well. It's a big thing for 
creative businesses because a lot of them are required to pay sales tax, but they have no idea what the requirements are for them. And it's so specific on like your location that Mm -hmm. it causes a lot of headache for creative businesses. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I hate hate all of that. I hate dealing with the taxes. I mean, who doesn't? I'm not unique in that, but yeah. It's, yeah. And, but like, as on the other side, as you said, like DIY isn't for everyone. Some people shouldn't do DIY. They really should just hire someone. <laughs> so what is it exactly that a bookkeeper does that like, because I feel maybe some people don't know exactly, or they're scared by that word, or they're just, or yeah, they're not sure what it is that you do. So what do you do? So yeah, it's definitely something that I think once I explain what I do, people are like, oh, I actually need that. So right, yeah. Bookkeeping <laughs> is actually, so we go into your bookkeepers in general, go, usually go into your bank accounts every month, your credit cards every month, and any other type of business like expense, like savings accounts, anything like that, and categorize all of your monthly spend. And then we also categorize any of the income that you bring in on a monthly basis. While we do this, we also make sure that we are breaking these up into buckets that help you get maximized tax write-offs and that the expenses that you're actually putting through on your business bank account or credit card are actually business transactions and not personal transactions. Because that's one of the big things I see, especially with creative businesses, is sometimes they don't actually divide their business up into its own entity and run a lot of that stuff through their personal bank account, which is really bad to do because if you are trying to separate yourself legally from the business, you're not necessarily doing that. And it's also means that you're not necessarily knowing if you're actually profitable or how the business is doing because everything's just kind of mixed together. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important to separate your business out into its own business bank account and run everything through that. Also, if you're combining, it's really hard to get a bookkeeper because then you have to share all of your personal stuff with your bookkeeper. And A lot of people are uncomfortable with that or don't even know how to begin to share that stuff because there are just so many transactions. It feels very overwhelming to have to go through that and kind of put bookkeeping off for a very long time until they're like, okay, I finally need to hire someone. And most of the time it's too late or like it's like they've missed their taxes. They missed paying stuff they need to pay and it's just a whole big mess. So our job is really to make sure your transactions are categorized. I will usually give my clients like we recommend like between 15 to 30 percent like to set aside for taxes every month. Again, that's something that like you probably have to work more closely with your CPA on. But I like to give them an idea of like how much they should put aside for taxes. Everyone's situation is different because it all goes on your personal side. But I think I like to give them like the idea of like you should be setting this aside and even like helping with like figuring out like what is a wise investment for your business versus is this just an expense that you're spending because you think you're going to save money on taxes? Because I notice right. a lot of business owners will do that or they'll invest in like a huge coaching program or something big because they're like, I'd rather spend the money on this instead of paying taxes on it. But it's not always an apples to apples. Like you spent it and you get the money back. Sometimes it can, it's not exactly equal. So when I think a lot of small business owners and especially creative businesses kind of miss that because there's so much flashy marketing of like, oh, this is like tax deductible and you should do this. And, but like everything's not that black and white. So I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the things a bookkeeper can also help you with is kind of like what you should invest in. And 
also like, is your business actually profitable? And a lot of creative businesses, I don't think know that because they're not doing that work because they're scared of hiring a bookkeeper or think they can't afford it, or it's a side hustle and they're trying to make it into a real thing. But I feel like they need that extra support to figure out what their next steps are and where to grow out the business. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. I'm finally getting my mind in order. (laughs) Um, But so something you mentioned there about the apples to apples thing. So are you talking about when people like write off expenses? Well, I think the problem with a lot of people is that they think everything's 100% tax deductible. So they think that if they spend $100 from the business account, they're automatically getting $100 taken off of their taxes. And in most cases, that's not necessarily the case. There are some things where that is the case, but there are some things where that's not the case. And I think that leads to a lot of surprises at the end of the year when they're like, oh, I'm operating at a loss, but then half the stuff they ran through their business is actually personal and doesn't count as a tax deduction. And now right. they're not really operating at a, at a loss. So that's, that's one of the scary things. And that's why I think it's important to talk to a bookkeeper is because they yeah. can give you an idea of what actually is a business expense or what actually is a personal expense and that you shouldn't be running through the business. Or like if those things are 100% tax deductible versus like this might be 50% or any of those type of questions. And also someone to like ask those things too, because I feel like a lot of people are just Googling it and they're like, oh, it says this, so I'll be fine. I know. And that's so, uh, when it comes to that type of thing, it's so it's so hard to get a straight answer sometimes from just doing an online search. Cause then you're like, what do these terms mean? How do I know if that applies to me or doesn't or whatever? And yeah, it's such a nightmare for just the average Joe, <laughs> um, but yes. Hire a bookkeeper if, if you can afford it. <laughs> yes. And I do think some people are like, oh, the fees are so expensive, but it's really, there are options for you no matter, or at least I try to make options for my clients at different stages of their business. So if you are someone that's smaller, just starting out and don't have the money to invest in a full on monthly bookkeeper, there's options like quarterly bookkeeping, where you'll get your reports quarterly instead of monthly. And then you can work with the bookkeeper too to be like, once I hit this threshold, like I want to see these monthly and we can switch over Mm -hmm. or ways like that, that you can get that support and not necessarily have to pay the huge monthly fee of having a bookkeeper and get monthly reports. And most of the time it's a lot less than what you would think it is. Yeah. So, so, so you mentioned something in there a little while ago about how it's personal. It can be really personal to obviously share all your banking and your expenses and everything with just some, someone that you've just met. So how do you navigate that? Like, how do you, you know, coax people or make them feel at ease when you're diving into their bank account and you can see what they, how much they spent at Starbucks that month and all those things that they maybe feel shame for or something, but to you, you don't care obviously, but Yeah. How do you navigate that? I try to make it kind of like a joke or like not necessarily make it like so strict. Like I feel like I have a small business owner as well. Like I buy things sometimes that I'm not thinking and put it on the wrong card or like I make mistakes when it comes to my bookkeeping because I don't have time to do it. Or like I missed this because I forgot to like check through my bookkeeping reports. So I try to make it seem like it's approachable and like everyone kind of has done this and it's just like you're not the first one to do it. It's probably not the first time that I've seen this. And it's just all part of like the experience of being a business owner. And I think I try to just be very approachable with them. Like it's no big deal. Like, don't worry about it. Like Mm -hmm. it's not 
a huge issue that you did it, we can fix it. Like, and just trying to make them feel comfortable with the fact that like, they're not the only ones have done it. I've seen worse. Like you're not the first one that's done this. Like everyone else has done it. And it's just all part of the experience. And then I also feel like the more relatable you are with people, the easier it is for them to open up about their finances. Other thing too, is I feel like a lot of people think they're going to hide stuff or like not tell me everything I need to know, but then it's like, I'm going through your bookkeeping. I'm going to find it eventually. So just be honest about it. And then we can fix it. If you hide it, it almost makes it worse in the long run because I'm going to find it. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have to try to figure out a way to fix it afterwards. Where if you just like, let me know in advance, it's easier for me. And it's like, I've seen all types of purchases. Like you probably haven't purchased anything that stupid. Like sometimes I see things I'm like, what are you buying? And then it's like, there's a whole thing behind it. And I'm like, oh, I never would have expected that. But (laughs) sometimes it's like, depending on what industry you're in, there's so many different things you can buy and it could be a business expense. So I tend to make it like comfortable and just like having a real human conversation. It's not like a stuffy office environment. And I also like, I feel like I'm very personable with my clients. And I'm also like, just text me. If you have a question about something, just text me. Like you don't have to send me an email. Just ask me. Like I'm more than Mm -hmm. happy to explain it to you. If you're more than happy to learn, I'm here to help you. Oh, that's so nice. A nice informal kind of approach. It makes it feel more approachable and not a big deal because it really isn't a big deal really at the end of the day. I think we make it more of a big deal in our heads because it's like something that we don't want to do. And then it's like, oh, actually, once you do it, it's like less frightening because you're like, okay, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Now I can just like be done with it. It's like getting a shot when you like know you're getting a shot (laughs) and you're like, I don't want it. I don't want it. It's going to be so horrible. And they're like freaking out. And then you're like, okay, it's over. I really didn't bother. It was just like two seconds. (laughs) Really felt it. Then you were done. Yeah, exactly. And I have to say, I actually, I do feel like that every time I do do my finances, like I always dread it. And then after I do it and like, you know, muscle through it or whatever, it's like really not that bad, actually. Um, Still doesn't make me want to do it again the next time, but like, it's, you know, it's really not that bad. So, so that's speaking of which, like, I, I think that this also has a lot to do with money mindset and how we approach money and what we think of money. And I, for one, personally wish that we were just more open about finance in general. I, I don't know why people are so weird about money and like discussing totally what they spent. Like, yeah, it's so, it's just so weird to be weird about it. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I just don't get it. So yeah. So what's your thoughts on money and like, how do you approach money and, and like, how do you, what's your relationship with money? Like, like, how do you see it and how do you interact with it in a way that's like healthy and not scary? I do think there's a whole lot of money healing like yeah. that people need to do. I did a workshop actually, my mentor hosted a workshop as part of our like group talk the other day and we're talking about money healing and I was like it is like a thing like we don't talk about it enough and then it's kind of Mm -hmm. like still like I feel like we've made leaps and bounds of like what it used to be but I feel like there's still like that taboo topic of well we can't discuss money we can't discuss what we're making we can't discuss this we can't discuss like tips or how we're investing things and I feel like it is still like very like I don't know like am I making enough am I spending enough should I be putting this away and I think I see it in my clients a lot too is like they're like so frightened to even take money out of their business because in their head, they just want to see that money in their account. 
but then they're not paying themselves. And I'm like, but you have the money here to pay yourself consistently every month. Like, why aren't you doing that? Like mm-hmm. it's just sitting in your bank account. It's not doing anything for you. And I think a lot of it is they don't know what to do with the money once they pay themselves. So it's easier to look at it in their bank account than to like look at it in their checking account and then be like, all right, now what? Like, I feel like I should be investing it somewhere or like I should be doing this with it or I should be doing that with it. And I think a lot of it has to do with how you grew up and like how you have seen money or like what, how money is used in your family and then what you do with it or where you are in your life. Because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of, I think millennials and like younger people seem to be like, I'm just going to spend it when I make it because I want to enjoy my life. And then I think there's older people that are like, I'm just going to save, 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 save. And I think there is a good balance. And I feel like that's what I try to walk my clients through. And actually one of my clients, I was doing her budget with her and I was like, is there anything you want to invest in with the business? And she was like, no, but like, I'd really like to just like put money aside to like have a massage every like month or something like that. And I was like, okay, we can do that. Like we can just add that into your budget. And she was like, we can. And I was like, why not? Like you can add in whatever you want. And I actually have (laughs) used that as an example and made my other clients start to incorporate fund money into their budget because I'm like, you're working so hard for this business. Like if you want to mm-hmm. take a hundred, two hundred dollars to use on yourself every month, why shouldn't you do that? And I think a lot of people are like, why would I do that? But it's like, if you're putting money aside for taxes, if you're putting money into a savings account, if you're putting, if you're taking enough owner's draw that you can pay your bills, why not take a little extra to do something for yourself and keep being able to grow the business? And I also think sometimes people spend out of fear. I feel like a lot of people feel like they see all these things on social media saying, invest in this, invest in this. If you don't invest yeah. in this, you're not going to make a $20,000 month or you're not going to hit this level of profit. And I think a lot of people are like, I need to buy this so that I can hit that. I don't necessarily think that's always the case. I think there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. And you should be more careful with those spending things, because I think a lot of times people then are upset that they don't make that $20,000. And it's like, you need to be careful of what you're investing in. I think there's a good way to balance it. I haven't found it yet. I feel like (laughs) I still struggle with that. I just bought a house recently and I feel like I'm like, I spent all my money on this house and now I have no money left. And I feel like my mom keeps being like, it's an investment. And in my head, I'm like, I just spent all my money. So I feel like it's like a constant battle of like being like, okay, well, I just put it somewhere else. It's not spent. It's just like in another form. And I think yeah really takes a lot of work to get into a better mindset with money. And I think it's something that's important to continue to work on all the time, because I think a lot of us have grown up in a way that like, it's like you save it or you spend it. And that's kind of, it's the black and white of it. And it's like, what do I do with it once I have it? Because I feel like it's like, I invest in my 401k, but I don't necessarily know. Like, it's like, where does that what is that money invested in? How do, what does that look like? And like, what, where should it be invested in? And I think that's a lot of the things that like, is the hard part about money. It's because there's so much that's unknown and it's not taught in schools. And I feel like it's scary to ask questions on it when you're not sure. And it's like, people are Mm going to think I'm stupid, but I think a lot of times people have the same questions and they're just not answering or they're just not asking them because they're scared. Like, I think there's like, 
10 women in my mentor group and like all of us kind of had all the same opinions about everything. And it's like, why don't we just talk about money more? Because we actually can Mm. just all relate to each other on that level. And I think people forget about that. And it's also like, if I find a great way to invest my money, I'm more than happy to share it with you. Or if I find a way to like help pay down student loans, I'm also more than happy to like share that with you because why not help someone else? Yeah. Doesn't have to be a big secret about like how to do those things. Yeah. One of the things I'd love to tell my clients too is make sure you check for credit card opportunities that give you that 0% financing. Why are you paying all this interest on things when like you could use their money for a year and help pay down some of your debt instead of just like keep adding it onto the same card and paying all this interest on stuff. And I think people are so scared to even look at those numbers that they don't realize how much they're even spending in areas where like, they could be saving a ton of money and actually paying themselves that money if it just takes a little bit of like looking at those numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, I loved what you you said earlier about the the fun money. You know, live a little, <laughs> have because like yeah, yeah you're if you're working so hard and it's it's what's the point of making the money if you're not going to enjoy at least some of it, right? No, and that's what I think the problem is too with business owners is they're like I'm scared like two months yeah. down the road I'm not going to be making that money and I think. That's one of the things about being a creative business is that it's not like you have someone on a retainer or something where they're, you're constantly getting like a steady paycheck coming in Mm -hmm. every month. It's like, if you're a maker, it has to do with like how much you're selling and who's buying your product that month. And if some of the other things, it's like, do you have clients to work on it? And I think it makes it really hard to like plan long-term because it's like this month you did really well, but what if next month's a total drop off or it's like the next three months are steady, but then, and it's, is helpful once you have that financial information though, because usually there is patterns and like a lot of times it could be like, I'm really busy, like September through December into in January. And then it kind of drops and falls. And then I'm busy again for like, the holidays in the spring, and then it kind of falls throughout the summer. But if you have that information, you can kind of pick up patterns. And then you can use that information to help you plan better so that you can constantly be paying yourself instead of just paying yourself like in October through January when you have money for the holidays and then don't pay yourself the other like 60% of the year because you don't have money because you paid it all out in those three months. So I think Mm -hmm. it is important to have that information so you can recognize those patterns. And I know a lot of clients probably can't recognize it on their own, but that's part of asking questions to your bookkeeper. And I always tell my clients, make sure you find a bookkeeper that's going to answer all your questions. And if you know you're a person that like needs that extra level of support, make sure that your bookkeeper is going to do that. Because I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't, that's not part of their business. And like, that's fine. But like, if you're a client that needs that support, then that's the type of bookkeeper you should hire. And that's why I think it's, it should be a dating process and making sure that that person is the right fit for you and not just hiring someone because someone recommended them to you. Yeah. So you're a little bit of a financial advisor as well as a bookkeeper. Yes. (laughs) That's what I I feel like I fell into kind of. (laughs) Yeah. Which is so helpful to have them in the same person. Yeah. So I don't like to tell people how to make their investments. I stay far away from that, but I like (laughs) to say like, put this away or like Mm -hmm. you can spend money here and just kind of help them with their budget and where things should go. Because I think too, as women, we don't like to invest back into our business as much. Right. Or we don't like to like, we like to see the money there, but not necessarily use it to do other things or just make sure that like we have a stash pile of it. But then it's like, 
what are we doing with it once we have it in this pile? Right. Yeah. No, it, all, it's so interesting talking about money because I'm going through like a money thing right now, like money mindset. And like, as you said, the things that we learned growing up and changing some of those uh, beliefs. And I feel like it's so true what you said earlier about how younger people are more like once they get the money, they're more likely to use it for something, whereas older generations are more likely to like save it up for something, <laughs> um, whatever that may be. Uh, and I feel like I'm, yeah, very much I'm a millennial. So of course I like spend the money. I don't, I don't just go around buying luxury items, of course, and overspending, yeah. but I find it hard to keep money in the account because there seems to either always be an expense that comes up that I have to pay or something really awesome comes up that I like really want to do or experience. So then I do it. Um, but I'm, so I'm caught in the middle where I'm like, I want to still do that, but also I really need to save too. So let's, why don't we talk a bit more about that, like tips and tricks and things for budgeting and saving. And so if somebody's getting income and it, what's like the first list of things they should do when they have money coming into their account before they save or spend it? Like what's the, what's the first things they should do with that money? So I like to make sure that you can pay yourself first. I think a lot mm -hmm. of business owners know they have the money coming in and then we'll just use it to spend stuff or have already spent it before it even comes in. And I think that right. puts you in a dangerous place because then it doesn't leave enough money to spend, to pay yourself at the end of the day. And I think we didn't go into business to buy a bunch of random crap that we probably don't need or buy a bunch of trainings or anything else. We went into business so that we could pay ourselves. So I think it's important to make sure that you are always paying yourself first, even if it is small. And I usually start with small numbers. So I usually will be like, okay, try taking $1,000 and see how that goes. And then we'll increase it. And then I also work with my clients as well to increase it as the year goes on. So if we're predicting that your income is going to go throughout the year, we're also predicting that what you take out of the business is going to grow throughout the year. Unless it's like during a time where I'm like, I know some of my clients are very dead in the summer. So we're probably not increasing revenue or income in the summer. We're probably keeping it pretty steady, but I know like they're going to ha have a peak at the end of the year. So then we might increase it. And then I also don't think it's, I think budgeting is like, I hate the word because it's very corporate and I don't love it because I feel like it means like cutting or like taking away from things. I think you just need to be intentional with what you're including in your budget. I think as business owners, there's a lot of spend that we like forget about or like sign up for things and they just are on our card and they just hit every month. And we don't necessarily know what they are because we're not looking at our numbers. And right. I think getting rid of those things is one of the most important things. And actually like being honest with yourself on what you are subscribing to, because I think, I think there we're targeted to like sign up for subscription things. And we're like, oh yeah, it's only $8 a month, but then it's like, we have eight of them. So it's actually like $40 a month. And then right. we have them for 12 months. And then you're like, by the end of the year, that's a thousand dollars that you could have used to pay yourself or for anything else than that subscription you're not using. So that's one of the first things I always look on a monthly basis to see like what my clients are getting charged for. And like, if they actually are using it, which usually I could tell through our conversations, like what's actually being used and what's kind of forgotten about. Mm -hmm. And then also I like to make sure that you're doing things that are going to help you grow your business. So if it's like going to a conference or if it's like going to like a workshop or attending a retreat or anything like that, I like to make sure that falls in above other things. So above costs that like you might not necessarily need. Like, and I feel like those are things like the frilly part of your business, like a social media manager, or like maybe you do need that because like that is helping your business grow. But I think people 
tend to think, oh, I have all this money. Like, let me invest in like redoing my whole website, like right. <laughs> doing this or like invest in like a full brand, like change all my branding. And I think sometimes like it's just because they have the money there that they feel like they need to do something with it. And yeah. I think they forget that they can actually just pay themselves. And I think that's the important part is like making sure that you like, I think there are some things you should add into your budget and that you should make sure that you can spend on, but I don't think you have to redo your branding every year or like spend money on like this thing because you really just want to do it. You can, but like, then you might have to cut from somewhere else. And like, sometimes there isn't money that you can cut from, or you have to go out and make more. And I think that's what some people see is like, okay, well, if I want to pay myself X and I want to spend all this money on Y, that I need to get here to Z and make this much income. Otherwise I can't do all of these things. And I think that's important. And I don't like to cut things out of people's budgets, especially if they're things that like could bring new clients or important to their industries to attend. So I like to tend to help people like plan for those. If it's like setting aside a certain amount of money every month, so it doesn't feel like as big of a hit when that actually expense hits. That's one of my favorite things to do with my clients is be like, okay, we know we want to go to this conference in September and we know it's going to be like $4,000. So why don't we just set aside a little bit of money each month? So then when we buy the ticket, it doesn't feel as horrible to spend that $4,000 and it doesn't feel as like big of a purchase because you already have the money set aside every month. So I like to do that a lot with my clients to make sure they're like getting the things they want to do, but also like not feeling like they're spending all of their money. Right. Of course. Yeah. So just to recap, so when somebody gets income coming in, one of the first things to do is pay yourself, of course, yeah. and then um, invest in, I guess, things for the business, like a conference or a workshop or something like that. Don't go crazy, but something that you maybe could really use rather than like something useless, like updating your website, like that could probably wait or it's probably not a yeah. big deal, right? And what was the, is there another step after that? Like, what's the next kind of thing? Like putting some aside for, well, putting tax money aside. Yeah, putting, I guess I forgot putting (laughs) some aside for taxes. And then I would also recommend putting some aside, like either from your owner's draw or from the business into some sort of retirement account as we Mm. aren't working for a corporation. We don't have a retirement account set aside. So I would recommend putting some amount of money away every month into a retirement account. So yeah. that you are still building. And then depending on how your business grows, if you do start paying yourself through payroll, you can tech, you can set up some sort of retirement account to contribute to through payroll, just as you would through a corporate job. So I think that's important for people to note as well, depending on how big your business is growing, there are more options for you to set aside money for retirement and things like that. And I recommend getting that money out of sight, out of mind. I always, from my corporate jobs, I have a savings account that's at a completely different bank. And it takes a lot of effort to move that money from my savings account to my checking account at a completely other, at another bank. And it takes like five business days. So it's like, if I really need money, I can get it. But like, otherwise it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And it just kind of adds up in that account. But I feel like that's not always for everyone and I wouldn't recommend going and getting a separate savings account if it's not for you. But I think if you are someone that will spend it, if you see it there, it's a good method because then you don't actually see it unless you're logging into that account to specifically check it. I I had a similar thing set up at one, one, my main bank. And then I had another bank with another account TFSA or something. And I, I would never use that 
bank account for any of my banking. It was just to house money. And then I, I, I closed it down later because I was moving and stuff. But yes, out of sight, out of mind. I It really helps to not see that bank account <laughs> um, on a daily or you know regular basis or whatever. So yes, I also recommend that too. Highly recommend. And yeah. also setting up auto payments too, like auto save, yes. like um, regular payments once a week or something or once a month of, I don't know, $80, $100 or something manageable that goes to a savings account. And setting up auto pay on your credit card yes. is also a big thing. I've noticed recently a lot of my clients don't have it set up and they're all paying late fees. And I'm like, why is auto pay not the first thing you have set up? And then I had just opened a business credit card and I was like, oh, I actually have to look to make sure I set up auto pay so <laughs> I'm not late on mine. Yeah. But like late fees are the stupidest fees you can pay because- they're a waste of $35. And if you're paying them every month, that adds up huge. At they're the so end of the not year, so necessary. Like they're so avoidable. Yeah. And it's like, even like if you like forget to pay the whole thing and you get dinged with a little interest, it's still better than paying a late fee every single month. And usually if you call, they'll be like, okay, we'll just reimburse you the interest. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. But that's a big thing too, is making sure you have auto pay set up for things like that and avoiding the late fees because they do add up. And like you said, for setting up saving money, it's great to do that as well because then it's automatically coming out and you don't have to worry about it. And small dollar amounts really do add up. Yes, they do. I finally set up auto pay for like putting aside some saving money into my savings account. And I already have like almost $1,000 in there. And I was like, oh, that's good to know. <laughs> like I, that's that like, accumulates quickly. Like it, it accumulates faster than you would think. Um, but yeah, for my credit cards, I've always had the auto pay, the minimum m amount auto pay on. And I just recently switched it to the full statement balance. So now I have to really watch, make sure I have money yeah. in the account so it doesn't like overdraft it. <laughs> so that's another, it keeps you on your toes. It's like, you know, keeps you within your budget. Um, yeah. yeah. Speaking of budgeting. So I feel like we are, we do know what budgeting is, but can you explain it properly? Like, like in your terms, like what is exactly budgeting? So I think it's more of like planning, like mm -hmm. what you are going to spend money on. Um, I think a lot of times I, I feel like it's a definitely more of a corporate concept where you're like budgeting right. to try to hit like certain indicators. Whereas like in a small creative business, the indicators are like that you actually end up paying yourself at the end of the year and you're not spending all the money that you're making. Right. And I think that's where it difference. And then I think in corporate, you can be off hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's not a big deal. And a small business, you can't be off hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I think it's just a good way to like look at what you're spending and see if like you actually need those items. Because I think when we go through the process of budgeting, we kind of see things that we spent money on that were like, oh, do I really need this? Like, should I really have invested in this thing? Or mm -hmm. should I, do I need this stupid subscription that I've been paying for for the last year? And I like don't actually right. log into or use at all. So I think it's helpful just to see what you're spending money on and even to like predict what you want to spend money on and like help set a savings goal. And even if you're not like a business, you can still do this personally. You can still say, I want to get to X amount in my savings account, or I want to put $50 a month away to save for a big trip or anything like that. So I think it really is like you can move it business or personal. But I think with creative businesses, you want to make sure that you're budgeting because you do have a tight budget. And I think a lot of people, if 
you are in the creative space are creating products and those products have a cost. So even knowing that cost Mm -hmm. so that you can figure out like how much you need to make X amount of dollars is very helpful when you have that information and can use that. And also when you can kind of predict like when your busy season is, when you're not busy so that you're not over buying Mm -hmm. things and end up getting stuck with too much product because that's the downfall of a lot of creative businesses having almost too much stuff and not being able to sell it and then spending all their money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So (laughs) on a like nitty gritty number type of level, like getting down into it. So when you set a budget, basically you're choosing a like maximum amount for a certain category of stuff that you're planning to spend in, whether because you have to or otherwise. And then the idea is like, if you go past that, you're in the hole, like you've overspent, you know, quote, you overspent what you said you were going to. And then if you don't spend that much in that category, then it's good. Like you've, you've managed to, you know, stay within your, your actual spending amount. So like, what can you do with that information then going forward? Cause I have it stuck in my head where it's like, if I have a budget and I go in the hole on any one of the things I overspend, that means I'm like now behind, like I've lost that money or like, I, I have like a weird thing, even though it's really just a, you're just setting a measuring line essentially. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. And I think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm over budget or I'm going to be right. over the budget or this is, or I'm like coming in at like breaking even point. And I think it depends yeah. on what that item is. And it also depends on the other things in your budget. So if you have budgeted like $150 a month to like go meet with clients or go to like events, mm-hmm. and then you have like, budgeted for like office expenses and you go over by like $100 on office expenses, but you don't actually like go and meet any clients for lunch this month and spend that money, then like you can move that money around and it's still going to, you're still going to have the same spend. You're just going to have it in different categories. So I think Mm -hmm. that's one thing that people forget about too, is like, if you have like all, if you have your money budgeted into the different buckets and then like you overspend in one, but you way underspend another, like that money's still there. Right. It's just in different buckets. And then I think it's not, I don't think it's best to be in either place. I don't think you want to be over And I think it's helpful as a small business to be underspent, but then at the same time, it also gives you that fear of, am I missing out on something? Did I forget to do something like where, where should I have put that money? So I think it's good to just figure out like a break even point. And again, it's not something that you have to be nickel and it doesn't have to be penny to penny. Like you can be Mm -hmm. a little off and it's not going to be the end of the world. Now, if you're budgeted to spend like a thousand dollars and you spend $10,000 on something that could really be a big issue. But I think most small businesses, I feel like they have a good sense of what is going on in their business and what they're spending every month. It's just those bigger purchases that I think as long as you're planning for, you will be okay. I think it's when you just randomly decide to go buy stuff is in their bigger ticket items, that's yeah. when you get yourself in trouble, especially the people that are like, oh, I'm just going to keep buying educational things and then never do them and just have spent all this money in education. And they're like, why can't I pay myself at the end of the month? And it's like, well, you bought this course here. You bought this course here. You bought this course here. I haven't finished any of them, but you keep buying them. And it's like, why are you doing that? Like, it's like either pick one or two that like are really going to help you learn or find something else to invest in because that, that type of purchase isn't working for you as a business mm-hmm. owner. I think a lot of it is knowing yourself as a business owner and what you should be investing in. Like 
for example, I invested when I started my business in a bookkeeping course because I wanted to make sure that I was not overcomplicating things for my clients. And I think that was a great investment for me, whereas someone else might not necessarily think a bookkeeping course is a good investment for them. So I think right. it depends on like who you are as a business owner and what you want to gain from it. And a lot of times people gain things that you would never expect from your investment. So I think it all has to be a balancing act. And I think you should figure out what you want to spend. And if you do come a little bit over, that's fine. And it's also like, I know traditionally you budget out for a year and I like to avoid that as much as possible. I like to put things in July through December, but I like to leave that a little bit more open because with creative businesses, as they're growing, they change so frequently. And I think when you're at one place in December and January, you're in a completely different place by the time June comes around. And then you might have this budget that's totally out of date. And in corporate, you do reforecast. But like for a small business, it's like you can leave some stuff out and you can work on it every month. It doesn't have to be set in stone. Right. And I think that's the problem with budgeting is like yeah. you said, I feel like you're like, I put $200 and now I'm over the $200. So now I failed. And then I think people yeah. give up because they're like, oh, I already failed. So why bother? It's like dieting. It's like, you're like, I'm going to eat this many calories a day. And then you eat more calories and you're like, all right, I'm going to start again next week. And I feel like right. it doesn't have to be that way. It's like, okay, you messed up it's not a huge deal. Like there is Mm -hmm. wiggle room and it all is relative depending on what you value as a business owner. Right. And it's not so much that you like lost that money. It just, it's just a gauging method. And all it says is that you, you overshot (laughs) in that (laughs) gauge. Or you under budgeted how much you want to spend in that area. Yeah, exactly. So it's just a gauging tool really. Um, So you mentioned something there about setting like a yearly budget and then, or, or like a six month budget. And I was envisioning more of like a monthly thing, which you kind of also mentioned there. So is that more typical for smaller businesses, like months setting their budget monthly? So we go through and or how I did it with my clients this year, and I might play with it a little bit going forward, but we went through and we did a yearly budget. Okay. And we really focused on the things that were in Q1 being January through March and knowing what they wanted to invest in then because we did this in December, early January. So I feel like they kind of knew what they wanted to do for the first three months of the year. And then we took a look at Q2 and figured out what we wanted to do then. And then we added things in that we know are going to be constant expenses, like your bookkeeping, like if you have anyone that's doing like legal stuff in EA or anything like that, or if there's insurances or anything like that, that you know is going to be constant Or if there's any big things that you know you wanted to spend money on at the end of the year, we added those in. But we didn't focus heavily on like what that spending was going to be. For the most part, a lot of it was just like copy and paste of what we put in January through June and then kind of focus more on like the months that were closer and figuring out what those would look like. And a lot of it is just to figure out like how much you can take out of the business and then how much money you're going to bring in. And a lot of my clients, I have to say underestimated what they've been bringing in an income. So I think that's a good thing. (laughs) But I also think that means that they have more room to do other things. And that's kind of what we thought of when we were doing the budget. And with being a small business, it's very hard to predict what that's going to be. And like I said, a lot of people are like, as I'm sending them their financials for January, they're already thinking about what am I bringing in in March? Because I need to know that I can pay people over the next few months or like I've grown so much, I had a higher team. So a lot of that is stuff we put in the budget as well to make sure that like you can pay your employees for like the next year 
and mm-hmm. stuff like that, or give them a raise because I know a lot of business owners like to make sure that their employees are properly compensated and have that money and keep them as employees. So I think stuff like that's important to put in the budget, but some of the stuff, the little frilly things, I feel like is things that you can like add in, take out, like just put like a little bucket for them and then use that how you kind of wish. Like software sometimes is hard to predict, especially the smaller ones. It's like, okay, you might spend $10 this month. You might spend $20 this month, but at the grand scheme of things, it's not what's causing like a huge variance in your budget. It's usually the bigger ticket items that you kind of know you want to invest in throughout the year, or it's making that higher because now you're growing and how do you delegate that work to someone else and keep them employed? (laughs) Right. Yes. I did forget about that. That's one of the big things (laughs) I did talk about with my clients is like when to bring on more employees, how to bring on more employees, like what strategy to use with that as well. Because I think that's one of the things that once you start growing, it's like, what do I do? Like, can I afford them long-term? Like, how do I afford them long-term? Can I pay them appropriate salary? Like, what does that look like? And I think that's a scary thing for business owners to do that because it's like, now I'm responsible for someone else's life on top of mine. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so true. And so it does help to have that yearly forecast look ahead of like, what's, what's actually realistic and doable. Yeah. And for the most part, when you're budgeting and they say to increase revenue by like 20%, And Mm -hmm. like with my clients lately, I think some of them have had hundred percent increases, um, this year. So (laughs) it's very hard. It is very hard to predict it. And it's so awesome to see all of these increases and to just see all of the hard work paying off. Because I feel like as a bookkeeper, you know, the blood, sweat and tears they've put into the business, you know, their personal money they put into the business and how risky it is that they started this business and to see them grow so quickly when Mm -hmm. I, and by quickly, I mean like a year. And I feel like that's the problem with like social media and like how we communicate businesses growing is like, everyone's like, Oh, I'm growing so quickly. Like I grew this business so quickly. And it's like, it's been a year. <laughs> like it's quick, but it's not that quick. It's not like they left their corporate jobs and a month later, like they had this like right. six figure business. Like it's mm-hmm. taking them a year, if not more to get to that point. And they put a lot of their own money into that. And I think that's what we tend to forget when we're like talking about yeah. business. And I think it is important to remember, like it does take, it's not just overnight success. And it is like the growth is amazing, but it does take a lot of work to get there. Yes. I mean, me five years later, I'm still not there. So one year is like, wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah. So I think that covers a lot of things I really wanted to ask you about for today. Um, We are pretty much at an hour. Um, So where I mean, I could probably talk about money things all day because I have money problems, but (laughs) I can too. And I think we all do. I think I think if we talked about it more, we realize because I think we all have money problems. Like I know that like Mm -hmm. I like to go buy things because I work at my corporate job and I'm like, this is a really bad habit. But like, I think we all do have it. I think we just don't like talking about it. Well, that's why I think it's so important that we, like, I wish we did talk more about openly about money and like, we're transparent with it because like, it's everywhere and you have to deal with it all the time every day. So why was it, why do we keep it like such a big secret all the time? Like, it seems but it's actually nothing it's like time my mentor actually said that (laughs) the other day and she was like it really is nothing like if all the money was gone tomorrow what would you do and it's like 
I guess we'd be trading like random things in our house, but <laughs> right. Go back to the barter system. Like, I don't know. Like that is a good, like that is, it is, it's like the same thing. It's like not, it's like a made up concept that it mm-hmm. drives us all nuts. <laughs> I know. Isn't that so weird? <laughs> it is when you think about it. I always like stop and think about it. I'm like, oh yeah, that that's, that's this weird. isn't real. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, um, where can people find you online if they want to connect and especially watch your tips, your videos and tips and things? So I'm at Bookkeeping Brunette on Instagram and then my website's bookkeepingbrunette.com. And then, yeah, that's all. I don't have it. I have a TikTok. I haven't used that yet. So I will be doing that in the near future. And then I have all sorts of, I have monthly bookkeeping quarterly bookkeeping. And if you are looking for DIY, you can be in the beta round of whatever that program looks like right now. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. I'll put all those links in the show notes. And my last question, um, what advice can you give our listeners today for living a wild creative life? I think just go after your passions. I feel like it, life is too short to be like stuck in a box. And I think yeah. it's important to let your creativity flow because I think a lot of, I feel like that's kind of why I started my business is because I feel like I was tired of just like punching in numbers and like, like, I guess the information does something, but to me, it didn't have like a personal impact. And I feel like now I'm actually like helping people and make and watching their dreams come true. And I think that's awesome. So I think just like, being having the ability to be creative is awesome and like express yourself in different ways and I feel like you don't get that as a traditional and my role as a traditional accountant you don't really get that so I think that's one of the things I love about my business is getting to work with people and seeing how they figure out problems in different ways because it's really cool Mm -hmm. awesome yes I so I totally agree follow your passions and make it happen (laughs) use that creativity (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for your time today and all your advice, all all things money. Thank you so much. It was so great being here. All right, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to my money conversation today with Taylor. I hope you enjoyed our chat today and Taylor's friendly, open approach to all things money related. If you'd like to work with Taylor, all of her links are below in the show notes. If you're enjoying the podcast overall, please do rate and review and don't forget to subscribe, follow and share. I also have a Patreon for the show if you'd like to support it that way. If you have any questions, comments or topic ideas for future episodes, please email me at emmacavetna at gmail.com. Otherwise, until we meet again, stay wild, stay creative.